This is Amalia Eon Karras. Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. agenda. Welcome back to our show. So let's just jump right in. I wanted to talk about today the um just you know what would our world be like with a if it were a sovereign world or our universe without this this parasitic entity influencing us or somehow um messing up what we've what our just original self our our original earth i mean was there a time it was like that, do you think? I feel that there was a time when it was like that. And it might be, you know, back in um, ancient Lumeria and, and different ancient civilizations where things were um, what they refer to as like the golden era. But I've noticed in texts of like ancient India, that they speak of a time where, you know, it sounds like they were quite sovereign, where things were um, kind of living in harmony with the earth and each other. Right. Like everyone knew what their role was. Everyone understood um, more what they were here to do and how they were here to to serve the others. Um, and then something seemed to go terribly wrong, <laughs> but who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we don't, the history has been so um, tampered with that. I feel the only way that I have kind of uh, gone back to these other realities or other timelines is, is through meditation and through, um, regression work Mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's not completely um you know met in stone a lot of people have discrepancies there or people's regressions don't completely match up with um the factual history but energetically speaking i i feel that we are here to um like un untangle ourselves from this messiness and the more that i've you know awoken to my own consciousness and my own abilities the the more i see that it's not only possible but we've we've already done it before Mm -hmm. somewhere like our cells know how to do it yeah i feel that too yeah like I, i definitely thousands of years ago we had we were sovereign, I feel like. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I got into this whole thing just because, you know, when my awakening happened, I started to see people's field and I saw how tangled up and, 
enmeshed everyone was and how they were being controlled and sort of puppeteered by this parasitic sort of demonic force. And then I started, mm-hmm. you know, untangling it and looking at like, well, how do we free ourselves from this? This is horrible. Um, and then pulling on all of these strings. And, you know, I, I developed this, this um, unwind movement that you've done with me before in, in the retreats. And then we've spoken about it. But it was in that um, movement, healing movement that I was doing that I found out how to totally take my power back how how to how to push out all of the different um i don't know what to call them like the the cords and the objects and the weird um interferences that were being run in my system when i when i finally like figured out how to get all of them out i had this extraordinary experience where I just turned to gold, literally, like, I just saw gold, everything became gold, my whole field turned into gold. And then I could hold that for about two weeks. And then the attack started again. <laughs> and, the, mm. and, and it started getting, you know, entwined. And so my practice every day is to just pull those um, out, you know, to keep that um, sovereign bubble intact. But it's not... Um, it's not the simplest thing to do when, when we're in a world that um, is constantly bombarding us with these attachments and uh, hooks. Right. Didn't you say that, how did you discover that movement? Well, I was, it was interesting. I mean, it, it kind of came through over a period of many months, but, um, wait, the things leading up to it, um, you know, I had this past life memory of, um, while I was in an acupuncture session where this, uh, the, the acupuncturist was pulling the needles out of my body. And as she was doing that, I felt that she, I, I saw very clearly that she was un, uh, winding the, gauze from my mummification like I was in I was a mummy in Egypt and she was unwrapping me um and when she got Mm. to my head I just gasped and kind of sat up and was like taking my first breath like I was being reborn and from that moment on I had I had different knowledge I had different codes inside me and Mm -hmm. and that's when the I started having this constant experience of, of my body double and this kind of shadow body that would be right behind me or sometimes in front of me or sometimes to the side of me, but it was, um, this body double and that I could, you know, it, it was attached through this cord. And if I moved my physical body one way, the, the shadow body would move with it. And, and that's where I started really tracking it. Um, and it was about a year of, of really deep study. And I was writing my thesis in school and they let me uh, use myself as research. So I was mapping what I was doing with the shadow body. And when I shared my thesis with um, one of the shamanic practitioners that I worked with, she said, oh, you know, this is a ancient Egyptian um, healing technique. And I kind of freaked out because 
I had had all these Egyptian memories flood back in, but I never thought that this was something from Egypt. Um, and so she, she pointed me to a book um, of ancient Egyptian occult practices. And mm-hmm. sure enough, um, they were describing the same, you know, body double and the ba and the ka and, and how it moves. And it was exactly what I had um, been discovering through, through my own practice. Oh, yeah, wow. Very weird. That's so beautiful. When you, you know, the, the word occult, it, it's, it's, it always, it triggers me every time I hear it. What do you feel when you hear it? I, I feel frightened. Mm. I, yeah, I think that um, I, th- I thought occult was bad like growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you're born in a Christian um, religious background, then that is how they, how they would, uh, <laughs> anything occult was demonic, but, but occult yeah. is like the, the ancient practices and the hidden mysteries that were written down and practiced, um, which all the religions are based on. But when, when sort of the, control factor came in and, you know, the burning of the witches and the Christian church. And, mm-hmm. you know, after Christ's death, um, all of that started getting wiped out and taken away from the people. And it had to hide underground in the mystery schools and um, in, in secret chambers that were forever to be locked up or in the, the ancient tombs. Hmm. So, uh, so it's really just ancient wisdom. No different than, let's say, Native American wisdom, or which isn't, I guess, all that ancient, or maybe it is. But because I, for some reason, being raised um, the way I was raised, I, it, somehow Native American was okay, or something about Native American was somehow okay. Because maybe it's you just have Native American blood, no? Don't you? Yeah. That's yes. why it was okay. <laughs> it's all oh. thing. I mean, the occult, the occult has had, I mean, there's a, there's a dark connotation with the occult because of the secret societies, like the skull and bones and, you know, the Masonics mm-hmm. uh, and, and other secret um, underground kind of mystery schools who, who practice dark magic, but the occult, the word occult in itself is just the study of the paranormal or the mystical or the, the unexplainable unseen realms, which was hidden from us because they didn't want us to know how powerful we actually were. So they kind of stripped us of all our special powers and our full capacity and, and shut off some of our DNA so that we would be more controllable right so yeah yeah that's that's fascinating yeah it's interesting because out of all of our uh, dna strands we're told that there's only so many of them that are active and that most of them are just dead and not usable mm-hmm. and they're and they're not for anything no, <laughs> switched off right yeah <laughs> but also i i think because of the the lack of um of 
of just recognition uh, about any kind of electric universe or or energy psychology or whatnot, uh, then certainly a medical doctor wouldn't be able to recognize it even if it was in front of their face or a scientist. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even see, oh, oh, this this actually isn't a dead DNA strand that's actually working, but they can't tell. They They wouldn't know why or how to interpret it. Yeah, you know, what's fascinating is there's all these um, studies coming out about the the second um, immune system, the sleeping immune system, um, and mm-hmm. how, you know, all the world's um, leading health experts and doctors have done all these studies that we do actually have on have a, a second immune system. And when we switch it on, we can eradicate all disease in the body almost instantaneously. And um, this research that's happened through Yale and um, Harvard and John Hopkins and all the world's leading institutions and authorities have all, uh, you know, said we, we do in fact have this. I don't know how we switch it on or how um, <laughs> they're, they're kind of hiding the the answer to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe the, the Japanese guy who, who um, won like a Nobel prize for it, I have to look it up, but um, it's pretty fascinating because it's coming out that, that we actually had, it's, it's not asleep our DNA or it's not broken or it, we just have to turn it on. Right. And even just sort of related to that is just the placebo effect. I mean, boom, you know, people don't really think about it, but that's what it is, is <laughs> what something like 50% of, well, 50, what I mean is, I guess this is like a loose relation maybe, but um, 50% of the uh, surgeries and uh, you know, depression medications and all of that are when they do a lot of it is, is us believing that it will work and, mm. and it working because we, we believed it because we had that power to begin with. Like every time they make a new depression medication, for example, they have to do all of the studies um, to prove its efficacy, right? They, what they're doing is, they're trying to prove it beyond the placebo effect. All the studies are based on trying to get above the placebo effect because the placebo effect is so strong. So if you give somebody a depression medication and you tell them this is a depression medication, take this at this time each day uh, for this many days and then we'll, we'll check in. You should be feeling better after you know week four or something like this. Okay, so this is almost like a hypnotic thing anyway. Right there, you're starting to believe it. Okay. Then every time you go in, you take a pill and, you know, each morning and you're thinking, this is, I'm going to get better and this is going to make me better. About week four, I'm going to feel much better. And you're conditioning yourself. You're commanding yourself mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just saying that I think um, a lot of our, uh, a lot of the biology that we have within us, we already have a personal pharmaceutical lab inside of us. We already have those abilities to to heal our ourselves, and mm-hmm. it's just activating those and 
and calling on those. Gosh, there was that guy. Oh, I have to find that book. Um, but he was a back surgeon and he, he wrote a book. He, he stopped being a back surgeon. He got into holistic health because he started to notice that all of his back surgeries, about five years later, the people would come back with the same problem. And so he realized that surgery has a five-year placebo reaction. And oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because and, it's all belief-based. Like, our, it's our right. beliefs that create our, our healing and disease. Right. And there's a place for, you know, for, for Western medicine, for sure. You know, but it's just, we don't want to cut off or ignore or pretend that the other stuff isn't also there. Like what, you know, our mind, body, spirit connection. And that's been lost for so long and it's just now coming back. So I I wish we could just fast forward into the future, you know, a few hundred years, hopefully not that long. (laughs) Maybe just, maybe not with the internet and everything, maybe just. Well, yeah, like right now, like what if we just imagined that we were these super humans who knew how to turn on every active um, DNA strand, sleeping DNA strand in our body, and activated our cells to to remember their their fullest, most vibrant, youthful self, and to stop all the fighting that's going on internally. Like there's so much war happening inside ourselves. So if we mm-hmm. could create a completely peaceful and harmonious environment within ourselves what would that feel like? I mean, it would just be extraordinary. I mean, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have any issues. (laughs) Right. I was just uh, watching a video with Bruce Lipton this week, and I was just reminded of how the conscious and unconscious works and how uh, up until the age of seven, we're basically in a, a different type of brain state. We're in a hypnotic brain state most of the time. And, and we're in this sort of like theta state. And so we're really just receiving, we're just receptors. So basically we're just being programmed, just programmed, programmed. Everything is just being programmed. And, and that's why, so the idea is that later in life, you know, you read all these self-help books, you know, and, and, you know, like I can, man, I can research something, read something and I know it and I, I can repeat it or I can write it down right then. I can take a test on it and know what it says. But did I fix it like six months later or a year later? <laughs> it, does it creep up a couple years later? Yeah. And, and so, so, <laughs> so what he was saying was that we have to, our conscious mind, though it can, you know, learn so much, like it can, you know, can take tests, it can go to school, it can, you know, it, it still doesn't change the unconscious because the, the, where we learned all these things that we want to shift are in the hypnotic state and are in a different brain state. So anyway, I just was reminded and I was thinking, oh, then what? So, you know, there's some, some ways now, some new stuff coming out about uh, you know, playing stuff at night when you are in that, in the more theta or sleeping state and, um, and sort of reprogramming that piece. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was so relieved to just hear that because, man, I have spent my whole life... <laughs> 
<laughs> and then some things I'm standing here still and I'm thinking, okay, wait, my idea was I was going to be perfect by now. What happens? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, that was just a complete tangent. <laughs> it just went on. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, if we, we can reprogram ourselves and that's what we're doing through meditation and through our practices and, you know, uh, using positive mantras and, mm -hmm. and really calling and activating ourselves to be our taking back our sovereignty and, and claiming dominion over our life. I don't, I don't know if people listening know exactly what we're talking about when we, when we say being sovereign. Um, but to just claim that we, we are an energetic vessel. And when we take back um, all these puppeteers that are trying to distort us in our mind and make us go this way and, and kind of check out and eat McDonald's and watch, you know, brainless TV and shop and consume and consume and consume. And then this feeling of emptiness and, and disease and everything, you know, fear, we, we can, take back that that power and cut off those um sources that are trying trying to take over our lives and and make us sick and confused and lost hmm. yeah so let's imagine i was just <laughs> what it would that. be <laughs> like yeah i really i mean if we could imagine what the world would be like if not only we could do that 24 hours a day, every day. Um, but if we could do it, then what, what would that feel like in our system? And then what would that be like for the people around us? What if, what if the ones that are closest to us could be like that? And, and what if the people in their network could be like that? And what would it be like if a full, a small community were to all be completely self-contained, activated, clear, peaceful, and harmonic from within? Like, what would that feel like? What would it feel like to, to be in a relationship where, where you're completely understanding your entire system, where you feel liberated and free and clear and innocent and safe mm. and, and loved and supported and totally connected yet completely self-possessed I mean that would be extraordinary and that's why you know I, I keep imagining that and I feel that it's possible that it is just you know the few of us who practice that and and can shift our beliefs towards a, a positive patterning towards a more more harmonic patterning that we can create these ripples out and really bring back our, our wisdom to recall those sleeping, the sleeping memory, the sleeping genius that lives inside of us. Hmm. That was so beautiful. I feel so relaxed now. <laughs> I think I just went into a meditative state. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Let's let it ripple out. More. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that feels so 
good. Mm. Thank you for saying all that. Yeah, may it be so. May it like imagining just kind of thinking about our our world and a life without this this parasite thing. I mean, I I was thinking about some of the things we were talking about in in our sh- previous episodes and um just thinking like when you were describing your your awakening um and you were saying it was blissful and it was it was beautiful and it was not really sexual but it was it was erotic and it was all these other and i was thinking how nice would it be to be able to feel erotic or say the word this is another trigger word for me erotic it feels bad it feels like something that's not okay or there's a negative something with it mm mhm the shame there's shame yeah yeah that's what it is it's shame I was gonna say like dirty or what yeah thank you yeah it's shame I mean eros the love of eros is just the physical pleasure sensors in the body and they've made sure that we feel ashamed about feeling pleasure and you know as long as we have shame it's locked in a closet and twisted up and perverted to perpetuate secrets and more shame and it's just passed down from generation to generation generation person to person like you know it's like a that's a really fast-moving virus sexual shame Mm. yeah we spoke about the the toxic shame the cost of toxic shame in our first episode so if you haven't listened to that definitely go back and and hear episode one But I think that wraps us up. We're at time for today. And I hope um, you'll join us in our next episode. I wonder what we're going to talk about. Any ideas, Satya? Oh, I've got lots of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Well, stay tuned. (laughs) You'll see us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take care. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda. Yeah.